How's it going? My name is Connor Gilson, and this is my podcast, episode 30. And once again, I have to apologize. Wow, I just smashed my mic into my face. Um, let's see if I do it out here. Maybe it won't be so noisy and stuff. Um, have to apologize because I haven't been doing this in a while. Um, been doing a lot of different stuff, moving um, a bunch of different kind of categories in my life and changing things. And just haven't had the time, haven't had the time to do the podcast, and it's it's kind of depressing, but um, I'm about to go to work right now, uh, and I was thinking of something, I was thinking of what one thing every 20-something-year-old should do, and that's going to be the name of the podcast, of course, is what every 20-something-year-old should do, and I think... A lot of the time when we're in our 20s, and I am, I'm near the end of mine, um, I'm, at tw- I'm 26 right now, so I guess not at near the end, I'm one year over the halfway point, so let's be positive there, and I think I'm like 100% like old, <laughs> but I think uh, really, because I was having a conversation with one of my clients, and she was expressing how with what she's and it's it's a conversation I've had actually a few times um I had a conversation a couple months ago with another um client that's in his 20s and he's very very successful and he he has a very very nice car he has um he has dual incomes now um he's doing pretty well but he's he asked me he's like Connor do you did you ever have a point in your life where you just didn't know what you were going to do you didn't know like what your your goal was or what your plan you felt like you're kind of just drifting and you felt like you kind of just weren't experiencing life but you weren't really going in any direction and I see that happen a lot and it really happens in that 18 to 20 year old phase Um, most people it's going to be like their mid-20s early 20s like they're just getting out of college and they don't know there's so much like and that's a big thing that's a big thing with our education system and you hear me talk and bash our education system a lot but in that case being gentle on it that's what happens when you have structure all the way up until the point where you don't and what I mean by that is one of the things with kids is the stricter the parents, the more the kid will rebel whenever they get a chance. So um, if the parents are really strict and tell them not to do this, this, and this, when they move out, they go freaking nuts. And they do everything that the parents told them not to do, and it usually screws up their life. Um, whereas somebody that had more of a rounded kind of childhood and their parents kind of ease them into it. And there's going to be mistakes. I don't I don't even want to fathom me being an a parent. Like, I'm sorry, that... That, that That is a task I am not up for anytime soon. Um, but that's what happens. Somebody that's more kind of well-rounded as a child is going to have more kind of a gradual exposure. It's kind of like um, if you take a fish in a bag from a fish tank, like an aquarium, and you bring it to another fish tank, like your fish tank at home, and you just dump the water in with the fish there's a very, very, almost almost 100% chance that you're going to kill the fish. Between the difference in the water temperature, the difference in the, like, the water balance, like pH levels, how um, 
alkaline it is, uh, how much salt is in the water. Even with fresh water, like tropical fish, there should be salt, wa salt partly in that water. But if you go from boom, like from the bag to that, it's going to kill the fish. Um, there's some, there's some fish that are very, very uh, what resilient, resilient, and will survive. But a lot of them won't, and and it doesn't always kill them right off, like right off the beginning. It doesn't always like end their life and take them out, but it can. Um, and a lot of fish do actually die when you do that within the next like hour. Some die instantly, um, and some of them die in the course of hours. Some of them get sick, they get ick, or um, have problems with their gills absorbing oxygen, um, and they die slowly, maybe even days later. So that's the thing, and that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about it this morning, like while I was waking up, um, because this weekend I've been working super late, so I'm up kind of late-ish. I'm in the morning now, which is kind of weird. I'm used to waking up in the afternoon, but um, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about how that's so true. With people coming out of college, with people coming out of college, it's, I feel like my mic is going to be popping. I need like to get like a professional mic and do this the right way with like a pot, like a pee filter. Um, but yeah, I was saying, oh yeah, so when... A 20-something-year-old comes out of college, whether they leave at the end when they graduate or they leave early, um, and that's a lot of, it takes a lot of strength and courage to actually do that, to actually, you know, push yourself forward to leave college early and kind of go on your own whim. Um, but regardless, when that happens, when that happens, it's kind of like the fish, like they go into shock, they don't know what to do. Here I am from kindergarten to, you know, the end of college, I've been structured. I've, you know, I had the structure that I, you know, get pushed into. And, you know, I have my times where I can screw around and mess around and things like that and go to parties, go to clubs, go to bars, things like that in college or whatever, and enjoy me time and play video games when we're younger or whatever. But we have that structure that's always lingering over us. And then when people get out, they don't know what to do. They feel like there's, it's like if you were being shot through a tube that had incredible vacuum and control, and then you just pop down to space. And stating, let's suppose that you can survive being out in space, which of course we can't. But all that open space and all that like pressure, pressure being gone, if you somehow could survive being in space, you would feel alone and weird and like you had no goal or you had no, and that's what happens. These people get shot out of these cannons of college or even if it's high school and they don't know what to do. Um, I was lucky I didn't go to college, but I had mine at 18. I had mine, actually, I had mine at 17, 16 or 17 actually, where I was just like, what am I doing with, like, what am I gonna do in my life? And you think, you think too far, you think like, Oh, I gotta do. I gotta do this and this and this and this, and you know, this is what my friends are doing. Or and that's why I feel a lot of people going to college because oh, my friends are doing it, or my parents are telling me to, or my counselor at high school is telling me to, or that's the norm and things like that. With me, I was lucky enough to have that part inside me that challenges everything. Like if some, if I read or I learn something, I challenge it. Like, what if this isn't true? What if this is bullshit? What if this is crap? What if this this what if this hurts me? What if this wastes my time and I don't get to where I want to be because I'm listening to this crap? 
So that's the interesting thing. Always in your 20s, always have a kind of split balance where you take in as much information as you want, but you also question it. You also try to dig deep and find whether, you know, what you're doing is correct, if it's going to help you in the long run or if it's just going to stifle you and hurt you. But I think a lot of a lot of college students have that. Or a lot of people in their 20s, regardless if they went to college or not, because you had that structure in school, you had that structure with your parents, and now you're living on your own, and you have all this different stuff, or you're living with a roommate, or whatever, and you have all this freedom, but you want to get somewhere, because as humans, we need to get somewhere, that's how we've always been, and sometimes we even focus on the destination way more than the journey, and that's been said so many times, it's cliche, I don't have to dig deep into it, but a lot of people are constantly trying to rush to the destination, and that, and some some people, they have all this structure, they have all this structure, and then they don't. And then what do they do? They like, oh, um, maybe I should further my learning, go to more school, or maybe I should just get a job. Like, okay, it's not a job that, you know, I went to college for, but at least I have structure. I got that, I got that structure back. Somebody's, can, somebody's keeping me in line, and I like that. It's interesting because majority of human beings are submissive. There are way more betas than there are alphas. There are way more followers than leaders. So it's a normal thing to have that happen. But the interesting thing is a lot of leaders and a lot of alphas or a lot of you know dominant people are in the wrong mindset. They're in the wrong mindset because everybody else is around them submissive and we, um, we act with one of the psychological laws, the law of majority. The law of majority tells us that if people are doing this, then maybe I should be doing it too. It's interesting. The law of majority. Um, there was a. This is crazy. This has always blown my mind. There was a, a woman that it was in New York City, I believe, and it was a long time ago. Um, I don't remember the year, but it was, it was before I was born, I believe. Um, but she was walking around in downtown, like you know pretty much the center of New York and there was a guy that was assaulting her and she would run away and like scream and nothing no one was helping no one was helping and it happened for I think it was over the course of like an hour and 45 minutes and he would like she would run away and try to get a break free of him and he would just go and find her again and do it and do something again um, he ended up killing her, um, but when the police got to the scene, they were very confused in the fact that nobody helped her, that nobody helped her when she was very, like, very loudly telling people that she was being assaulted, and there's and reading the reports of what the witnesses said like people were like turning on lights in the buildings and looking out the window and seeing what was going on but nobody helped her and what they found out later was that because the majority of people weren't helping people helping her some people thought like the, when they talked to the witnesses some people thought it was like an act or like it was some type of like drama in the streets some people thought it wasn't that serious and that if you know if it was serious someone else would help that is a big thing with humans well if somebody if it's really serious someone else will help and then I'll, and then I'll join some people were scared some people are scared like okay everybody else is not helping so maybe I shouldn't be the one and that's crazy to me. That's crazy how powerful the law of majority is. Um, there was another guy that was leaving 
well, let's put it this way. So say you're leaving a concert, all right? You had a good night at a concert, and, you know, this concert, there's alcohol, there's, you know, probably most concerts have drug use too. Um, you had a really good night. And you get separated from your group, okay? And you're walking, um, you know, you get a taxi, oh, we're, gonna, we're going out to the car, remember this is where our car, you know, J3, whatever the freaking parking lot line is, whatever. And you're out there walking. And as you're walking, you feel a side of your face start to get numb. And you were drinking that night, and you were th you're just thinking, mm, man, it's no big deal. I'm just, you know, I may have drank too much. Then, as your body starts shutting down and betraying you, you start to realize that something much more serious is happening. So you end up on the ground and you are crying out for people to help you. But you can't form sentences. You can't speak correctly. You know what you're trying to say in your head, but it's not coming out. It sounds slurred and messed up and words aren't coherent and they're not and it's more like gibberish than anything that you've ever heard come out of your mouth before and you try and you try and you try and you don't and maybe your mind is telling you that you're having a stroke maybe you've gathered that by now but the people around you certainly haven't because here they see as a guy laying on the ground or resting against a tree or whatever with his arm stretched out asking for help asking for help but they can't understand him because none of his words make sense and some words that do make sense are still slurred so they think oh, he's drunk mm, he's on drugs the concert makes sense and every person that walks by you as you beg for help starts to cement that you are not not in danger, you're just drunk or something like that. And as the stroke slowly takes your life, you realize how powerful the law of majority is. That unfortunately, as an example, happened. So that's why when I see young people, that's why my whole thing now is I have this part of my business, if you will, teaching and helping younger people, is because the law of majority is so powerful that two people died and nobody helped. And it's funny because after I learned this, right, after I learned about the law of majority, I had, I was driving a car with my buddy and we got in an accident and he was hurt badly. Um, I was in the back seat, so it didn't bother me. Um, but he, like, I don't really remember if he hit the steering wheel or whatever, but he, like, split his, he split his head, and it was bad. Um, he got out of the car and was trying to get people to help to call 911. People are just driving around him. Um, you know, all the things. I'm trying to ask for, like, people, like, ask for, like, I'm like, can someone, like, call the police or, like, something like that. Um, and... It's interesting because for the longest time it didn't click in my head. It didn't click in my head why people weren't helping. People weren't helping and I'm just like, what the heck? And then it clicked in my head. 
like people weren't helping because of the fact that the law of majority was stating that we didn't need help or that it wasn't that important. It wasn't until I stopped people and pointed at them and said, you, please call the police, or like, please call for an ambulance, that things started happening. Because the law of majority thing is easy to break free from. You just have to, you just have to isolate someone from them, the majority, and then all their human logic and reasoning skills come forward. But it's a very powerful thing. That, that's what majority pushes people to do. And I see it happen every day in millions of ways. Um, that just happens. But I see it happen a lot with college kids or people in their 20s that are getting out, or even in the beginning when they're going to college. Oh, everybody else is doing it. Got to do it. No, you don't. Go do some research. If you're not in the medical field or a lawyer or a teacher, don't go to college. Like, don't. Okay? But, that's what happens. People get sucked in by law of majority, and it hurts people. But the interesting thing, because what I mentioned was what every you know twenty year olds or twenty something year old should do. It's super simple, and I'll tell you right now. A twenty something year old, no matter where you are in your twenties, if you're eighteen too, if you're eighteen to twenty, twenty nine, this period of your life should be one word, and that one word is. Yes. Yes will be something that will help you and expand your life in ways you can't even imagine. Saying yes, and I love, like, I haven't even watched the, the movie, like, the movie. I've seen, like, parts of it, and I've heard people talk about the movie. I think it was uh, Jim Carrey with Yes Man. And that's, a, you know, that's, that's crazy. Like some of the, like I've watched parts of that movie and some of the things that he's had, he had to say yes to were just insane. And that movie's for comedy and I get that and stuff like that. But there is a point there. You should be saying yes. There's times where I'm much rather working but if it's somebody I value and they ask me to do something or they need help or they're not really feeling up and they're feeling kind of depressed or whatever, I had that happen twice, twice recently. Had it happen with one friend, they weren't feeling good, they felt um, neglected by other people and that nobody like cared about them and I really should have been working. But I said yes. Yep. And there's all the psychology behind it because with me, I don't like having people manipulate me. And I'm not saying that person was doing that. But in the beginning phases of any of my friendships, they're very, very kind of push and pull type of thing because the way I am, I develop very, very close friendships, but I cause a lot of tension in the beginning and if people can get through that tension then they become very very close friends with me but that's just how it works it's not 100% purpose 
uh, on purpose. There's things I'll do to kind of incite that, but it's not always on purpose. But, you know, if somebody, if you're constantly being like, yes, yes, yes to one person, then they'll tend to get bored. They'll feel like you're kind of pursuing them and they kind of pull away. Um, but, so there's a lot in my head. I was thinking like, eh, probably shouldn't do this. I have to work. Makes me look like super, like, constantly always available to them. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. But I said yes. And we went and hung out, and I'm glad I did, because I don't think I've ever seen this person this depressed in my life. This, like, just completely exhausted, and the look in their eyes just gone. And lucky for me, I'm the type of person that really is easily able to build people up and kind of like get them to smile again and get their like kind of their soul back, if you will. So I was able to do that. And the interesting thing is that brought me a lot of joy, a lot of happiness and joy because I help somebody. And I, I always love helping people. That's why I have my podcast. That's why I do YouTube videos. That's why I do webinars. It's not always to just get money. This podcast, I don't think I've mentioned anything of any way to get um, to pay me for something I don't think I have I don't remember I've been it's on 30 but I don't think I have um, but yeah so with me helping that person it made me feel good it made me happy and no I'm not saying oh everything's about me blah 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 and that's why I liked it I was able to help that person kind of come out of a state where they it was not good like I don't think I ever want and I know I'm going to I don't like seeing people like that especially people I'm close to um, especially people that are entrepreneurs and I know that feeling I've been through that feeling I've been hit so hard I'm just like holy crap and you just feel like nobody's there for you so that's what I do I try to be there for people same thing another thing and this one wasn't even this big of a deal. And it wasn't big of a deal to me. I was out um, working and I was about 30 minutes. And my closest friend called me up and is like, hey, I went to get my car windows tinted. The people that were supposed to bring me, um, people showed up at their house and now they don't want to come and visit or they don't want to come and follow up on what they said they were going to do. So I'm just stuck here for two hours. And he's just explaining it to me. He's not asking me to come get him. He's just explaining it to me. Then he asked me what I'm doing. Well, I'm driving to pick you up. <laughs> Saying yes. And it can be anything. It can be a trip to freaking Bora Bora. It can be a trip on a cruise. Um, it can, I, I said no way too much when I was younger. And it's not something I regret because I am a big anti-regret person. I think... I don't want to say that everything happens for a reason, like some type of fate crap is going on, but I feel that there's always something to learn from any decision. Like I wish there, if there are parallel dimensions that fraction off of our decisions, I wish I could see all of them. That would be fun. Where's the, te where's the teaching that when we die we get to see that? That would be cool. Can, can I sign up for that? Like, forget the heaven stuff and the, 
living forever stuff. Like, just show me, like, what every lifetime, if every little decision changed. Like, all of them. That'd be cool. But saying yes. Saying yes as often as you possibly can. One of my favorite things about me and my friend David is we do spontaneous crap all the time. We'll call each other up and be like, hey, you want to do this? And it's very rarely either of us are like, ah, uh, I don't know. Like, if we're super, super busy with work, then it makes sense. And we'll be like, no, we can't do it next time, and we'll move it to the thing. Um, because we're both super young, I'm 26, he's 23. Um, we did something cool. We went to because we live very close to a college. We went to a college campus, and everybody, you know, vapes and uses jewels and all these little, like, you know, vaping products. And me and him are very kind of like old school actually you know what I'll save I'll save that for I'll save that story for another another podcast but um definitely saying yes you want to say yes um as much as possible and if if it's hard for you, if it's hard to do that, if it's hard to sit there and say yes to people, and I understand that, we, we're easily able to say no. No is one of the easiest things ever. Um, no is one of the easiest things to say and can be one of the more damaging things to, to hear, okay? Like we walk up to somebody that we're interested to of the, uh, that like we want to start a relationship with and they reject us and say no, oh, it takes us a long time to get over that. Same thing with like cold calling and sales and things like that. Everything is sales. It really is. And like I think eventually I'm going to do a podcast on that and really dive deep into that because it's crazy. But it really is. I mean like you're listening to this podcast because in a boiled down version, I've sold you to use your time to listen to this. Whether you've watched watched me and what I've done on Facebook and things like that, whether you're a personal friend, whether you're somebody I'm coaching, I have established value in some way or another that you've bought the idea of listening, taking your time, which is much more valuable than your money, by the way, taking your time and listening to what I have to say at one point every day. I've been a little little spotty, pretty spot, pretty spotty with these. But say yes. Your 20s should be yes. It should. Because if it isn't, you're missing out. Because in your 20s, you can hit bottom and your parents or your friends or things like that are going to help you and you're going to be able to get out of it. And you can start over. That's the thing. Like, I disagree with the saying that money isn't happiness. Money, in a part, is happiness. And I know there's people that are freaking like getting upset right now. Like, chill out. I've never. I'll take a line from Daniel Tosh. I've never seen somebody on the back. You know, you know what? You know what you can buy with money? A jet ski. <laughs> I've never seen anybody on a jet ski with a frown. Like, never. Like, if you want to go have fun, find one of your close friends or a girlfriend or whatever, or a boyfriend, whatever, um, and go, don't even buy them, go somewhere that rents them out and fucking ride them. Ooh, wow, I am really making this podcast, uh, 
mature um, or explicit, whatever it's called. But ride them. And then when you're done, get off, send me an email and be like, yeah, Connor, I didn't have fun. So money can buy happiness, but with me, I don't spend money a lot of the time on things for just me. I'll spend them on things for experiences with other people, whether it's going to um, Six Flags, whether it's you know going kayaking with somebody, whether it's um, you know going to somewhere public and doing a social experiment. I spend money on experiences, and I feel like a lot of twenty-year-olds. The reason why they're so uneducated in the real world is because they don't say yes enough to experiences. And I don't mean you need to jump out of a plane. I don't mean you need to, you know, risk your life in order to do something like that. What I'm saying is go to a point or something you've always wanted to do and do it. Say yes. If somebody says something that you may, may not really want to do, who knows? All the things I love, I said yes to at one point. That's the only way you can find them. And I find that interesting with the whole dating thing too. Like you're dating somebody, and oh, you're, or like you meet somebody, oh, they're not my type. You know, they're not the right body type, or um, I like blue eyes and he has green, or um, you know, I like thin guys and he's you know a little bit chubby, or he, he's you know I like chubby guys and he's thin. Like, say yes. Because I've talked about it before with my with my ex, how things didn't really go really well and it hurt very badly. But I had way more better years than bad years with that, and it was because I said yes. Because when I first met her, I wasn't physically attracted to her. She wasn't my type. She had certain things that I liked, but there were certain things that I had to say, eh. I have to get over that. And even knowing the end and what happened, I do it all over again. And the reason I do it all over again is because I spent so many years with her and a big part of my experiences now have her somewhere in them. But it was because I said yes. Because I didn't say, ah, no, you're not my type. Give somebody a chance. In fact, one of my most frustrating, almost infuriating clients, who's a pro bono that I know personally, so frustrating, <laughs> um, they have given me about a million opportunities to say no, to say no. Oh, nope, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. You're not getting it, you're not paying attention, you're not listening. You want you want to get success, but you won't listen to me. You won't take the steps, you know, that you need. You're doing stuff that, you know, you're doing stuff and hanging out with people that are counterproductive and going to end up, like, pushing you down. You, you, you go after um, people that are just going to, in the long run, sink your morale um 
you don't, uh, my teaching style is a little too aggressive for you. There's so many different no's. But every once in a while, they show me just a little glimpse that they're starting to catch it. They're starting to catch on. They're starting to move forward. And that's all I ever asked for. One of my bigger successes of a pro bono that's close to me, we had some of the most toxic, insane fights I've ever, like, I've ever seen in my life. Like, I was super young and super hostile. He was super young and super hostile. And when we came, aimed our cannons at each other, sparks would fly. Not in the good romantic type. The good, like, bad, like, oh my god, everything is on fire type. There's been many times where we didn't talk to each other for months at a time because of it. But we're still very, very close. So say yes. Say yes to people. Say yes to experiences. Say yes to things to do. Say yes to those plans that just pop up randomly. And you can do them, but in your head you're like, oh, I had a plan. I'm going to sit home and watch Netflix. And it's my day off. And Say yes. Even if it's for an hour or two. Because what you'll get out of it is so much better. That is about it, guys. 33 minutes and 19 seconds. And that was pretty good for a podcast. Uh, I do like doing off-the-script type of podcast. I do like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I'm hopefully going to be able to get back to the, the swing of things and start doing it. I do, I'm do. i working on like a bunch of different business plans. I'm working on a business plan for... One of my friends that's a real estate agent, I'm working on a business plan for someone who's uh, part of a um, network marketing company. I'm working on my business plan, like 75,000 of them. Um, So still probably going to be spotty, but I'm going to try to firm this up a little bit. And I appreciate you guys being patient with me. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that a lot. (laughs) because I don't want you guys feeling like I'm neglecting you. You guys are giving me your time and your attention span, and I don't want to do that. But that is about it for tonight, today. See, I'm so used to doing about night. It's weird. I'm doing it at 2 in the afternoon. Um, but, yeah, wish you guys the, the best day, night, whatever time you're listening to this, and have a good rest of your 24-hour period that you're in. <laughs>